Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. Fifteen. Thank you for that song. Love hearing the lepers sing. Appreciate his help also on turn that off and mute it to work. Appreciate his help leading the songs for me. Appreciate that very much. John chapter fifteen. If you have your uh, prayer slips and or if you need a prayer slip, just see brother. Slip your hand up and Brother Gentry, make sure you get to get that if you have a prayer request for tonight. Just makes it a little little streamlines it for us. So uh, if you can get those and get those filled out, put your name on there and your credit card numbers. We appreciate that. All right. And uh, John chapter 15, this, this is the last of um, the lessons on my disciples. And we have covered, uh, this will be the fourth tonight. And I hope that these have been a help to you. I know they have been to me. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, the subtitle underneath. This is the product of a disciple, the product of a disciple. There's a product of everything, whether it's good or whether it's bad. We all produce a product. And I I believe a lot of times we spend more time producing bad things out of our life than, than we do good things. And I think also that if we would just determine tonight that we're going to try our best to live our life for the Lord in the center of God's will, as the song just said. I want to live right in the center of God's will. And when you live right in the center of God's will, it doesn't matter what happens around you because you know you're where you're supposed to be. It doesn't matter if there's storms. It doesn't matter if there's uh, uh, turbulent times. It doesn't matter because you're right where you're supposed to be. And when you're there, God gives you that inner peace, that inner rest that, you, that we all need. So as we look at John chapter 15, we're very familiar with this chapter uh, let's, let's look at a few things that the Bible has to tell us tonight. In verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 3 says, And now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Except it abide in the vine. <clears throat> no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is, is withered. And men do gather them and cast them into a fire and they burn. If ye abide in me and my words... Abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now here it is, look at this, verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified. In other words, when we produce fruit in our life, God is glorified. And when we, by the way, if, if the opposite of that is if we produce fruit of our own selves, then God is not glorified. And I believe it's all of our desire to, to glorify God, right? I, no, none of us set out each day to not glorify Him. That's, that's our desire. Now, whether we fulfill that or not, sometimes is, mm, right? Uh, but we set out to, we try to. 
At least the Wednesday night crowd. Amen. I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm going to be encouraging tonight. Maybe. Verse 7 says, or verse 8 again, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. He, he, he tells us very specifically that if you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciple. In other words, if you want to pick out the disciple in the crowd, you pick out the one who is producing much fruit. Now, as we look at this chapter, we see that, that Jesus is on his way with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. We have two chapters that lead us to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going to do some teaching because in their mind and their mindset, and the Old Testament told us that Israel was the vine. And you can look those up in Psalm 80, verses 8 through 10, Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 2, Jeremiah 2, 21, Hosea 10, 1. And in the Old Testament, it says that Israel is the vine. And matter of fact, it started back in Jacob. It said that his vine shall grow over and up over the wall, that it's going to be a fruitful vine. But that vine was different than what we're speaking of today because Jesus uses a word that would have been very familiar. He used the word, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. I, I, am, I am the very best or I am the original vine. I, I am the, the, the pr fruit producing vine that you have to be planted in. So could you imagine uh, as they were walking, going to the Garden of Gethsemane, there was no doubt as I studied this, I've never been to the Holy Land, but as, as I read others who have, thank God others have went so I can read that and see their pictures, uh, but... They said along the, the road that would have led out to the Garden of Gethsemane was, was paved with pictures of what God is saying here. The vineyards would have been vast in this area. Matter of fact, if they would have passed Solomon's temple, uh, or the temple at that time, on the front door, it would have had a, a vine. And on the golden gate of the city there, it, it, was, it was nothing but vines. It was a, a matter of fact, if any of us are a little bit older, it was very popular back in the day to have pictures of vines. My, I know my grandmother had pictures of vines in her house. I had no idea why they were there. And for some reason, it was pretty popular to have fake grapes in the house, too. They don't taste good. I know that. You know, uh, what was it with the fake fruit in the house? You know, every, every, everybody's grandmother's house had the bowl of fake fruit, right? The banana, the orange, and the grapes, and maybe an apple if you were upper class. You know, if you were lower class, you didn't have that red apple. That red delicious apple was not in there. But as, as we look in, in the backdrop of what Jesus is saying to the disciples that I am the true vine, maybe he was holding a vine in his hand and looking and saying, look, this great, and this would have been April time slot that they were walking because they were coming into the Passover time uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ going to die. So in, in, the, in the month of April, it would have been the time when the blooms would have started coming out on the vines at, uh, at this time in the vineyards. And maybe he was standing in a vineyard or near a vineyard at this time saying, guys, look, if you're going to produce fruit, you have to abide in me. I am the true vine. This, this vine here, this, this bloom that's coming out of this vine cannot happen unless it abides in the vine. We see that this chapter has a threefold, look at verse 2 if you will. It's kind of a threefold thing. And I've always kind of heard it said like this, the useful Christian is either three things, the useful Christian. 
the key words, useful Christian. There's three things you see here. Verse 2 gives us two of them. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit is taken away, but and every branch that beareth fruit. He just says, beareth fruit. Well, you look at the next part. He says, purgeth it, that it may bring forth what? More fruit. So he says, there is, there's this level that there are those Christians, useful Christians, who are going to bear fruit. There are those Christians who are going to bear more fruit. And then he goes on down in verse 5. He says, I invite you the branches, you abide in me, and I in you. The same bringeth forth much fruit. Verse 8 also, he says, Herein is my Father glorified that you may bear, that you bear much fruit. I, I believe that is the three phase. By the way, I'm thankful for people who bear fruit. I'm thankful for people who bear more fruit. I, but God says, in order for you to be my disciple, you have to bear much fruit. And that much, here's what happens if when you study this chapter, you, you see that three levels of, of fruit bearing. The three levels all have to do with how much abiding you're doing. Because if we stay planted and, and, and in Jesus Christ and allow Him to uh, cut us back sometimes and to trim the rough edges off of us, then we produce more fruit. It, it is that three stages. Sometimes it's the stage in life. When we start off in our Christian life, we produce fruit. Then we grow in Christ and we produce more fruit. And then we grow more and more in wisdom and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and in His grace. And we produce much fruit. And that's when God says, that's when you're my disciple. Because it's about that total devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I want to give you three things tonight that I, I think will be a help, hopefully, to us. Is what is it about this much fruit? How do we produce this much fruit. Well, number one, it is about the indwelling Spirit of God. If you go back to chapter 14 and you look at verse 16, and, and it says, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. There's that word abide as it is in chapter 15. He goes on down to say, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but it is, he seeth it, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him. For He dwelleth in you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. And He says, Because I also live, He he says that, uh, look over in chapter 15, in verse 26, he says, But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, uh, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and also ye shall also bear witness uh, because. And then we know that Acts says, And after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, ye shall be witnesses. In other words, he's, that's an empowering of the Holy Spirit of God. You, you see, you cannot produce spiritual fruit Without the Spirit. That's what he just said in chapter 15. Is that the world can't receive the Spirit. The, the world receives not the Spirit of God. Why? Because they're lost. And we as the children of God, when you get saved, the moment you get saved, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit comes. But every day we must need the filling of the Holy Spirit. And in the filling of the Holy Spirit comes the work that is mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, is that you produce the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit unless you're full of the Spirit. An easy illustration is that if I brought a lamp up here, is it a lamp? Sure, it's a lamp. But if I unplug it, it's not doing what it's meant to do. It has to be plugged into a power source. And some smart aleck out there is thinking this, well, what if it's battery power? We're not talking about a battery power. We're talking about one with a stitching cord on that thing. Right? I literally have had that. I've used that as an illustration. You know, you know, the smart aleck teenager always has to come up. 
Well, we have a battery-powered one. Well, good for you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the old-fashioned ones. Amen. You say, we want old-fashioned. That's the ones you put the kerosene in or you put the oil in. Not quite that far back. All right? Somewhere in between. But when I plug that lamp in, then it is doing what it is intended to do. And see, as a child of God, that if we are not plugged into the right source, if we're not in the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our life, we're not going to produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all these things in our life. Why? Because that the Spirit of God has to work through us, in us, and through us. We cannot do a spiritual work without the Spirit of God in our life. We must have the, the indwelling Spirit. Know that it is the indwelling Spirit of God in us. Matter of fact, Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. It's God that works through me in you. That we, we can produce nothing of ourselves. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the flesh produces things too. It produces sin, lust. All the bad stuff that you do is produced by this. But we must go to, uh, uh, must understand that to be a disciple, that it is a spiritual work and that we must rely on the Holy Spirit of God in us. How do we do that? We relinquish our will to His. When we don't do that, we quench Him. Just like you put water on a fire, you, you quench the Holy Spirit working in you. And you don't do things that are contrary to the Word of God because that grieves the Holy Spirit. And when He's grieved and whenever He's quenched, He cannot work fully in our life. I've always said this is that a... It, it, trying to, trying to, sometimes you've got things in your head but it's hard to get it out. Let me say it easy, which is the only way I know how to say it. We can't have our foot in the world and the foot in the will of God. In other words, He said, if you abide in me half and world half and you'll produce much fruit. That's not what he said. He said you have to abide in me. We have to give our lives totally over to God and rely on Him through the Spirit of God to produce that fruit in our life. Not only is it a, it is a spiritual work, but notice the second thing. It is about keeping our lives clean. You, you have, in order to pr produce much fruit, uh, anybody ever planted a garden? Now, I, I'm, I, I was raised up around gardens all my life. And I do know this, is that you don't plant a garden and just leave it. I did that one time when we were in Alabama. Planted a garden and got busy about the work of the Lord. Probably not, but got lazy probably. And I never will forget, I can grow some of the best looking weeds you've ever seen in your life. If you ever want a garden of weeds, please call me. I am your number one guy. I can grow weeds better than anybody else. And I, I remember looking out in the backyard there when we was pastoring in Alabama and, and remember thinking, I've got to go weed eat the garden. You know that's a bad statement when you say, I've got to go get the lawnmower out and cut the grass around the garden so I can see those tomato plants, right? So I can see them okra plants and, and my corn stalks were coming up, but you couldn't see them because of the weeds. Listen, planting a garden takes time and it takes cultivating. It takes the right soil. It takes all the, the nutrients that it needs. It takes you going out there with that, that hoe and, and, and hoeing around it and getting all the weeds out from under it. Listen, it takes time. In order to produce much fruit, it's going to take time. You're not going to get saved and you're not going to get right with God and, and all of a sudden it's going to be like, poof. It's going to take time. You have to let God work through you. And in order for Him to work through you, you have to keep your, your life clean. Notice what He says in verse 3. Now ye are clean through the Word. 
which I have spoken unto you. We know the scripture says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. It says that they might sanctify you and cleanse it with, talking about the church, uh, with the washing of the water by the word. Uh, Psalm 119, 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto the word of God. According to the word of God. The word of God is a cleansing agent. Just like when you get in that shower and you take that bar of soap or you take liquid soap, whatever you're using, and, and you wash yourself. Listen, just as that, this is the word of God. And if we don't get in it every day, we're going to get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. Have you ever let your car just go? Yeah, some of us have. I'm very particular about my vehicles, especially now that you can pay five bucks and go through a car wash that does it for you. Right? Now, back in the day when we had to wash them with brushes and stuff like that, uh, you know, maybe you didn't wash it as much. But you can just go through a car wash now. You can go through old Jerry's. That's, it's Jerry England's car washes. Appreciate him putting those up for us. But you go through there, pay five bucks. You go through there, and it'll wash your car for you, Right? But I, I do know this, is that sometimes we allow things to sit. And, and this happens sometimes, you know, the church buses and stuff, especially the top of them. You know, I, Brother Chad will go wash them, and they set it for a little while and don't get driven, and it gets that old black stuff over it. And guess what? You can't just spray a water hose on it after you've let it sit for long. You've got to get up on top, and you've got to get that, that purple stuff. You've got to get a, a degreaser on there, and you've got to get that brush, and you've got to scrub it. Why? Because the longer it sits, the dirtier it gets. And the same is true in mine and your life. The longer we sit and the longer we stay away from this word, the dirtier we get and the harder it is to cleanse us. The harder it is to, to look in the word of God and see the Son of God and be changed by what He's telling us. That's why I love constantly listening to preaching. Now, the staff should be cleaner than anybody here because we have to listen to the sermon twice on Sundays. I was telling uh, somebody, I said, I forgot who it was, um, we have, you know, two services on Sunday. I said, but staff usually sleeps during the second one because we've already heard it the first time. And, uh, we, but we don't do that publicly. But we, you know, I was thinking, man, I'm getting, a, I'm getting an extra sermon every week. The same one. If I didn't get it at the 830 service, I, I should get it at the 11 o'clock one. And, and, but I was thinking that during the week, how many sermons I listen to? Why? Because I need the preaching of God's Word in my life. I need to get up and read my Bible and, and study it. And why? Because I need to clean my life out. If my life is not clean, then I will not produce fruit. You might as well, if you go home and you take your plant and you pull it out of the pot and shake the dirt off of it, set it on the counter and say, boy, this thing's really going to grow then you're a gardener like me. That ain't going to work. Listen, if, if you don't want uh, 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 to, to grow and you don't want to produce fruit in your life, then, then let the dirtiness come in. Let the weeds grow in your life. But if you want to be productive for the Lord Jesus Christ, allow Him to clean us. Notice uh, verse 7. He says, if you abide in Him, now notice what He says, and my words abide in you. See, God's Word ought to abide in us. It ought to be something that's not just in our brain, but it's in our life, it's in our heart, that it comes out of us. It produces that fruit. The third thing tonight. We see that not only is it a spiritual work, that we must be spirit-filled, but also that we've got to keep our lives clean. But the last thing is that it is about abiding, abiding in the true vine. 
That's what he said in verse 1. He said, I am the true vine, and my father's the husband. In other words, he's the one that tends to the vineyard. He's the one that, that tends to it. He says in verse 4, abide in me. Again, in that verse, he says, abide in me. Three times he says, abide in the vine, or abide in me. He says in verse 5, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me. He, he says it again in verse 7, if ye abide in me. That we must abide in the Lord God. We must abide in that true vine. 61 times is the word abide used in the scripture. Another word that's used that is the same Greek word is the word used that we use, remain. Means to remain. To, to abide means to remain. That's used 16 times. Also another word is used that is mean to dwell. To dwell, abide, dwell. 11 times the word continue. And nine times the word tarry is translated there, means to endure. That, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to remain, dwell, continue, and, and tarry, and endure in the vine. Why? Because if we don't, we don't produce fruit. Too many times people hop out before God produces things in their life. You know the saddest thing is to see people who invest their lives in, in, in coming to church and doing the right thing and then... Just one day they're gone. And you think, man, if they would have just stuck it out, God would have, could have produced fruit. We were just talking about that on our staff retreat, just, some, just mentioning some names of people that started out well and, and just you know, kind of went off the, the scene. And you think, and, and when you evaluate them as humans, you look at them and you say, man, God could have used them in such a great way. There could have been much fruit abound out of their life. We must be plugged into the source. We must remain plugged into the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be, uh, remain in, in God in order to abide. Notice what he says in verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, say it, ye can do nothing. You, you say, well, I, I'm just going to do my own thing. You, you're not, you can't produce nothing spiritually. You'll produce things fleshly, and you'll reap what you sow. So be careful when you go out on your own. Let me cover this and I'll be done. What fruit do we? What is much fruit? What, it, what does the scripture say is fruit of the Christian? Well, I've already given you one. Number one is the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Look, look if, there if you will. Ephesians, I mean Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. 5.22. You know these scriptures. Notice, notice what he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. In other words, he says that if these things are coming out of you, then you're abiding in Him. I don't know about you, but in the world we live in, we need all those things. We need love. We need joy. We need Peace that passes all understanding. And we need long suffering. Somebody say amen. Look at your life. You better be glad God's long suffering. Hello. I'm glad he's not short suffering because we would not be at church tonight. Thank you, Brother Elliot. We agree. They don't want to. They wanted me, to, me and you to point out our, right? But we all agree, right? 
we're glad he's lost. That, that is the fruit. Notice this gentleness. This world is so harsh today. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Man, I need those things in my life. Go over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're almost done. Bear with me. If I got to endure it, you do too. Be long-suffering. Notice verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. See, that's, that's, a, that's a byproduct. That is a product of the Spirit-filled life that we live in Jesus Christ, of being a disciple, that goodness and righteousness and truth. Truth is a good thing. That's, that's, a, that's a characteristic of our God. Is that He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Is that when we, when we are abiding in the vine, we become more like Jesus. And in that, we produce fruit. Go over to Philippians real quick. Philippians chapter uh, 1. Uh, Philippians chapter 1. And notice verse 11. He says, Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. In other words, another fruit that we are going to produce when we abide in Jesus Christ and we abide in the vine is the fruit of righteousness. You know what the opposite of that is? Put un in front of that. Unrighteousness. If we don't abide in Him and we do it fleshly, then it, it is a fruit of unrighteousness. Last one. James. James chapter 3. James chapter 3 verse 18. Again, it talks about these things. It says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, of them that make peace. And he goes on to say, From whence come wars and fighting among you. He says, This should not be the, the, the visual that the lost world has of, of the church, of the Christian people, wars and all these things. What it should be is peace and righteousness. When the world looks at us and, and you say, well, what is the fruit that I can bear out of my life? It is the fruit of, of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit that we can have those things in our life. That we can produce the fruit of righteousness and goodness and truth in our life. But lastly tonight, that we can produce much fruit of souls. When you become more like Christ, people see a greater picture of Christ and are drawn to that. Because why? We have a message of goodness. We have the message of righteousness. We have the message of hope for the world. The greatest thing that would ever happen in our world. I was thinking this the other day. Who is praying for Hollywood? Who's praying for our news anchors? That's who we, they need to be prayed for because if they get saved, hallelujah. Wouldn't that be great? I ain't going to name any of them. But there's a lot of them out there that the public looks to as little gods. And what, how, do you, how do you go against that? You, look, you tell them, you need to get saved. Here, here's, here's how to get saved, right? And we have seen people down through the years get saved, and it makes, makes a big impact in our world. Why? Because they can produce fruit. Until they're saved, they can't produce fruit in their life. Listen, until you're saved, you can't produce fruit out of your life that is unto righteousness, goodness. 
I think back on my life and how much time I wasted not producing fruit. And it breaks my heart to know that I wasted years of my life that where I was not producing fruit because why? I was not abiding in the vine. I was not allowing the Spirit of God to work in me. Why? Because of the lack of cleanliness in my life. You say, hadn't you been a preacher almost all your life? Can I let you in on a secret? Pastor's not here tonight, so I can be truthful. I'm sorry, the wrong camera. Preachers aren't always right with God. You know why? Because we're just like you. Amen. I'm, I'm going to confess tonight. I have bad days. We, I have days where I forget to read my Bible. There's days whenever I neglect to witness to people. And when I do that, I step away from abiding in Christ and I don't produce the fruit that I should. But I'm going to tell you right now, the sweetest times of my life is whenever I'm abiding in Christ and God is producing fruit out of my life. Love, joy, peace, long, sir. All these things are just that product that just flows out of that life. I want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you're going to be called one of my disciples, you've got to bear much fruit. You've got to be a fruit-producing Christian. And I hope tonight that that's your desire. Look, look, look at your life and name some fruit in your life. What, what, it, what is that fruit? If, if you're not producing fruit, then get plugged in. And start tonight. Start today. Start tomorrow. Start today, not tomorrow. Because tomorrow, we're not promised it, right? That, that we need to produce fruit. And listen, I'm so thankful for our church, for our Sunday school teachers, for every, all, all the people that are investing in other lives. And I know, I was thinking about Miss Linda the other day. She's taught for a couple years. Because she's taught for a while. Think about Miss Linda Reed and, and these ladies that have taught for a long time, these guys that have taught for a long time. And you see these, these married couples that they taught and invested in. They're still in church. They're still serving God. Man, that's got to be exciting. I'm getting, I've been in the ministry now long enough where I've seen an, another generation and I'm teaching, I am teaching kids out at the college, hello Isaac, that I've known since birth. Hallelujah, I, I want to produce fruit. I, I, I want that to come out of my life. I want them to produce fruit. I want my children to produce fruit. I want my children to be some bear tree that God says, you know what, I'm going to remove this. Here, I'm going to put you on the shelf. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that, that is producing fruit. My tree is not just a, a, a tree that's just standing there going, I want, the, I want to be the tree where the fruit is falling and another tree is sprouting up, another tree is sprouting up, another tree is sprouting up. That should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It bring forth her fruit in her, in her season. Leaf shall not wither. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. That's, that's the tree I want to be. And I pray that's you tonight. Let's stand. Heads bowed. Let's close. We'll have time of invitation. Father, we love you. Thank you for the night, God. Thank you for your blessings to us. And Lord, we are certainly thankful that you would allow us to abide in you. Lord, I may not have 
done the, the best job of explaining what was on my heart tonight. But Lord, I pray that through the Spirit that you would give interpretation of your Scripture and, and insight and enlightenment. And God, that you'll get all the glory for it. And Lord, help us to just be that Christian that is a disciple that is bearing much fruit in our life and producing fruit in our life. That Lord, it would glorify you, not us, that it would glorify you. Help us tonight, God, if there's people here tonight that... Lord, there's just not much fruit from their life. Lord, may they just, uh, Lord, just draw closer to you. And Lord, cleanse their life. And Lord, allow you to work through them so they can be fruit-bearing Christians. Lord, help us tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.